glorious. Wasn't that beautiful? Well, many people are not here today because they are on vacation. They're out of town. And we have some sick people. Please pray for them so the Lord may heal them and bring them back to us. Well, Merry Christmas. Amen. Say it with force and pride. Amen. Many people addressed me uh, this past week with happy holidays. Then, happy holidays, yeah? <laughs> I hate it. I'm sorry. All respect. Holidays are to enjoy, but Christmas is Christmas. It's the birth of the king. And Merry Christmas. And we have... Christmas trees, others have winter trees, let them have it, but we have Christmas trees and we are proud of that. So, I don't think we're going to see each other uh, and sing any Christmas carols anymore after today. Last week was a great week, we had our, our concert and uh, we enjoyed it and I enjoyed uh, this week, also, I enjoy being in church. Let's put it this way. And today, I have a short message because I know you want to go continue your shopping. <laughs> well, it's too early for the men to shop. We will shop on Tuesday afternoon. Come on. <laughs> it's too early for us. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, are we am I supposed to preach today? <laughs> I'm in the spirit. I want to share with you a verse. Paul, in writing to the Corinthians, in the second letter to the Corinthians, he just was addressing them about being a generous people and uh, some other churches that have collected some monies and sent them to those people who were in need during his travels. He used to do that so to help the churches that are not able uh, to take care of their people. And he was in Europe and you know and he was talking about gifts. And then something came to his mind. I cannot uh, read his mind or dissect it, but he inserted there a verse that attracted me all the time. And this verse is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 15. Uh, Ed will put it there, and you don't need to open your Bibles. Only one verse. And this verse says... Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. He was talking about gifts and the people giving gifts to other churches. But what, what made him do that one day when you get to heaven? What made him write this? And we are going to go a little bit further into this. But you know very well that uh, when I read it, I said, well... What a gift, unspeakable. And you know that Christmas is a very well-known season for 
giving gifts. Men, if you haven't bought your gift yet, you still have a couple, three days. Don't you worry. You will always find it. And exchanging gifts occupies a major part, especially of the uh, Western world during this time of the year. But uh, I don't know whether you agree with me or not that it has reached a point where it is sometimes overdone. Though the original idea was very beautiful, its origin, of course, derives from the fact that Christmas celebrates God's unspeakable gift, Christ Jesus, a savior to this world. That was the original idea. And thank God we imitate it. But let's hope we will keep focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. We as a society have so spoiled this great and blessed time of the year. There is a lot of competitive buying and selling. And you know, for the first time in my life, I read that some stores are open the 24 hours until Tuesday night. I said, what's going on? This is good for the men who did not buy their gifts, but... <laughs> and, and then, it's unbelievable, they're going to go 24, non-stop, non-stop, non-stop. But however, I thank God, and I'm sure you thank God with me, all of us, for the remnants for those remnants in this world who know the meaning of Christmas and celebrated in the way that it was meant to be. In our text, Paul says, thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. In some, in some versions, indescribable. Anyway, it's the same meaning. He's, he's paused. If I were with Paul that day, this is the only time he says unspeakable in all his writings in the New Testament. If you contest that, go and check it out. Read the whole New Testament, that'll be fine. And you will find out whether it's the, it's the only time, as far as I know, that he wrote this word unspeakable or indescribable. And he searched for a word to describe the gift of gifts, Jesus Christ. And he searched. And as if he wanted to say, the language he was writing in, I mean, I have a breakdown, I cannot find a word. He couldn't. One of the prophets of old, Isaiah, gave him, he described the Lord Jesus Christ in prophecy. He said, uh, he is wonderful. His name shall be called Wonderful. Don't you think it's a good description that Jesus is wonderful? Amen. And Counselor, I think it's good. Mighty God, great. Eternal Father, great. Prince of peace, great. But you know what? There is no way. There is no way we can look in the alphabet for an adjective 
for to describe the Lord Jesus Christ. I cannot come up with anything. You know what? When I was reading, when I was studying this subject, I bowed down. I said, Lord, thank you for being my Savior. Try to find, try to describe him. Try. Maybe we have to rewrite the alphabet to describe the Lord Jesus Christ and his love for us. All the titles in the world, if we put them together, could not come up with a description worthy of this majesty, worthy of this king. And you know, we come short. We come short. Unspeakable. Why? Why? Paul, could you tell us why? I wish we could go into his heart, find why. But there are so many reasons. When I sat down, I can think on my thinking level of three reasons. So you can remember it, okay? The first reason, because he who was, or of who he was. Unspeakable. If we consult the book, we find out so many beautiful words about our Savior Jesus Christ in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 to 3, he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's a great description. Who, who are we talking about here today? We're, if I'm, we're talking about Jesus Christ, the Word. He was God. And what did he do? What did he do? He was in the beginning with God. And it says further, all things came into being by him. Hallelujah. All things. And apart from him, nothing made that was made. And, and he, think of me, he did not have a beginning. Unspeakable. He did not have a beginning himself. He existed from all eternity. This is Jesus. That people are rejecting his manger in front of their houses. And they are getting them to remove it. This is the same Jesus that was crucified. And they are rejecting the sign of the cross to be displayed anywhere else. I'm not trying to be political, not at all, not in this church, but here's how Jesus is treated in our world today. And the word, the Bible says, became what? Flesh. Jesus Christ came. It was God came. And he was rejected. They couldn't find a place for him in the inn. It's a world that he loved. The father loved that he sent his son. 
to save the world, to die on the cross, to, ra- to rise from death and give us eternal life. This world said, no, thank you. We don't want him. During his days, they crucified him. And during our days, they are crucifying him again. This is why I say, let's be a little bit fanatic about Christmas. If you want to decorate your house, decorate it fully. Until it burns. And then, <laughs> then we've got a problem. You want to have a tree, have five. I don't mind. Enjoy it. You're celebrating the Savior of the world. And this afternoon now, you're celebrating your Savior. Unspeakable, yes. And what condescension, as we said, the word became flesh, dwelt amongst us. And we beheld, the Bible says, his glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Describe that if you can. Describe the the Lord Jesus Christ. He's your creator. He's the one who made you. He is the one who made the firmament of heaven. He's the one who sits on the vault of of the earth and he directs all the stars, the billions of the stars, with his finger and not one single one of them goes out of place. They all turn and turn because he's ordered them and he is a God of order, a creator who knows what he's doing. I wish and I hope that every person would think a little bit when he looks at the firmament of heavens and then, as the Bible says, the heaven declares the glory of God and say, this is he who left the firmament of heaven and came to visit with us that we are celebrating his birth today. What condescension? Where is he today? Same as old. When he came, did he find a place in this world? Did he? Sorry. No vacancy. Sorry, fully booked. Sorry, we can't have you. Sorry, we have no place. And the Bible says, finally, description, there was no room for them in the Is there any room today? And let me ask you a question. Say, yeah, shame. You're sitting there, shame on the world. Shame on these people of old. If I were there, I would have opened my house, given them the best room in the house, the best place in the house. Okay, before we go a little bit further, is Jesus in your house today? Is he in your heart today? Is he in your life today? Is he in your house today? Is he, does he have a place? Or we think of him when we have a catastrophe. We think of him when we are sick. We think of him when there's an earthquake. We go to church. 
Where is he today? No room in the end. And people say no room anymore in our lives. No room for him in our schools. No room for him in the workplace. No room for him in the, in, in the homes of the people. May we, may we come closer to him and realize who he was who came to be with us. The second word, quickly. Unspeakable because of what he did. Of what he did. Well, if I can ask every believer here to come up and give us a story how he or she got saved, we will spend, I mean, all day long thinking what he did for you and for me. And do you appreciate what he did? He came. First of all, he left his glory. He left his glory. Do you agree with me? And the Bible says in Philippians, he emptied himself. As if he says, I'm taking off the, my robes now. I have to go and communicate with them. I cannot be communicating to them as God. They will see me. They will all die. That's what the Bible says. But what I will do, I will take off my, all my robes, let's call it, and I'll go down. A form of a baby took a form of a man, a form of a bond servant, being, men in the like, being made in the likeness of men. He was found in the appearance of a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, the death of the cross. That's what he did. He gave himself to the murderers. To come and die to reconcile you and me to God the Father. That's what he did. He came to buy us out. We were sold to sin and despair. We were completely lost. He came and snatched us. He bought us out from the grip of Satan and saved us and made us in his likeness. And instead of being children of Satan, he became, we became children of God. We became his. He had to pay the price. He had to go to the cross. He had to shed his blood. He had to die. Take our sins and bury them. And rise on the third day to give us eternal life. And life more, more than you and I ever dreamed of. What liberation? Are you saved? Are you saved? Amen. Amen. Oh, total silence. You killed me here. Total silence. Do you have this Jesus in your life? Then celebrate Christmas with me.
If you have him in your life, rejoice. What liberation. This is Christmas. We were slaves. We are now children of God. That's enough for me. What riches to the poverty-stricken people like us? What relief to the lost like me? What release to prisoners like us? What healing he brought to our lives? And that and much and much and much more is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. What he did. Do you have time? I sometimes ask Bill. I said, Bill, what do you find in me? He says, uh, he says, my, he's, he, he, we joke. I said, Bill, okay, tell me about my attitude today. How is it? He said, do you have time? <laughs> we joke. I like it. I like it. I wish you'd do it again. Do you have time? Do you have have time to tell you what he did? Just think. Remarkable. To look at you and me and do what he did for us. What did he find in me and in you? This is the one we're celebrating, his birthday. How can you describe him? Fantastic, it's a good one. Unspeakable, good one. We didn't say anything, really we didn't say anything. anything. But you know what? When we're gonna see him face to face, we're gonna forget about describing him Forget about words. Forget about anything. We're going to throw ourselves at his feet and worship him. That's Christmas to me. Third word in brief. Because of the results of what he did. I can think of the blind man when he met Jesus. And Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? In these simple words. What do you want me to do for you? And Jesus knew what he wanted, but he'd like to hear from you and me what you want. We cannot come to him on the same level. You know that. He's God. He created you. You know, you cannot come for him and say, okay, I came to discuss with you whether you exist. How many people do that today? How many? Many. Whether really he is, he is God. I think he is a prophet and that's all. But we as Christians believe that he is God Almighty. The Savior of the world. This is our Jesus. And the result, the result of what he did, he changed me. He changed you. We were totally something else. He changes murderers. Thieves. The thief on the cross. When he admitted 
He said, Lord, that's enough. Remember me. What did the Lord tell him? And this is the one that people don't believe in him. He secured immediately his place in paradise today. The blind man said, ah, please open my eyes. He opened his eyes. And you know what? He went to the whole world, known world around him, said, someone healed my eyes. Could this be Jesus? Yes, Jesus. Are you a changed person? That's Jesus. It's not the church. Let me tell you one thing. The church cannot change you. Only the word of God that is from behind this pulpit can change you. Adol cannot change you. Taking, coming and, and singing hymns cannot change you. Jesus Christ can change you. The baby of the manger who is God incarnated himself can change you and give you eternal life. He can adopt you as a son and a daughter and you will live happily ever after and that's a true story. It happened in the millions and billions of men and women. And we, when we're going to get to heaven, we're going to see them all. Each one has a story to tell. Do you want me to tell you about my story? Do you want me to tell you about my story? Do you want to hear how I got saved? And you know, sitting in this, on this bench, on these chairs today, if you are saved, go out and enjoy Christmas. If you're not saved, you have no story to tell. You have, you have part of the story. You have the way you're living now. But when you take Jesus and he changes your life, part two of the story, which is the better part, which is the beautiful part, which is the joyous part with the part that exists in the eyes of God. You will have a new birthday. And I tell you one thing, if you fear you're old, I tell you one thing, I invite you to take Jesus Christ as your savior. You start living effective today. Your age will be cut into half. And I'm serious. You start living when Jesus comes into your life. He renews your strength. He renews your life. He gives you vigor, vitality, and he revives you completely and changes you. And you are a new creation. This is why if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, everything have become new. How can we describe him? Awesome? Good? Think of something. Wonderful. Amen. Prince? He's more than a prince. King? He's more than a king. Creator? More than a creator. Is God himself.
those who are saved, those who have him as Savior. The good news this morning is your rejoicing. Go out, enjoy Christmas. Celebrate your salvation. Celebrate his coming to your life. And listen to these words of encouragement. As many as received him. He gave the power to become children of God. Even those who believe in his name. Are you a child of God? Are you a child of the king who visited this world 2,100 years ago? Are you? If you're saved, I can tell you one thing. Your Christmas is adorable, wonderful. You're going to enjoy not only Christmas. Every day will be a Christmas for you. Every day will be enjoyable, and life will change, and you will live a beautiful life. Go out. Make sure, though, that you have him in your heart. And have a Merry Christmas. Amen. You know, this is the last time we're together. Can we sing one more song tonight, to this afternoon? And Dean is going to lead us, and Gloria is going to play it. We sang it during the breaking of bread. We'll sing it again, Oh, come, all ye faithful. Maybe a couple of verses, Dean. We don't want to keep the people. A couple of verses, Oh, come, all ye faithful. And let us stand all together and sing it from the heart. Those who cannot stand, you can be seated. But those who can stand, get up or let's stand. Sing it from the heart. And may the Lord have, I wish you, before I leave you here, and we'll pray at the end. A very Merry Christmas. Sing the first and third verses.
Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ, coming into our lives. We thank you for changing us and giving us a new hope, a life that is eternal to spend it with you. Help us, Lord, during this season, as we celebrate your coming into this world, to carry this message to the whole world, not to be ashamed of our Savior, but to be proud that we are Christians, believers in your name. Bless every family that is here. Be with the families that are on vacation, that are sick, or for any reason they couldn't make it. Visit with them and bless them. And as we look forward to celebrate Christmas with our families, help us, Lord, to be a blessing. Whatever we do to display the change that has happened in our lives and the love that we have received from your hands. Dismiss us, we pray, in your wonderful and matchless name, the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. The meeting is over. Have a Merry Christmas. We'll see you next Sunday morning, bright and early. <laughs>